Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 111, Thursday, January 28th, 2021. And our Super Bowl matchup is set for the second straight year here on the Doggy Juice Pod. We have cashed a long shot futures ticket on the winner of the NFC at long odds. Last year it was the 49ers, this year the Buccaneers. It's crazy how quickly both of those organizations turned around in a short time period just by bringing in the right personnel at the top. Pay attention, Chicago Bears. Anyway, we have a fire matchup between the defending Super Bowl champs Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and the GOAT Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and the Buccaneers set for next Sunday, February 7th, live from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. I'll do a little betting breakdown on the big game on this episode, but we have some pretty big sports betting legalization news going on across the U.S. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast, I'm going to take a quick glance at some of those, some of the latest state-by-state developments, let you all know some of the exciting things happening across the country. Just a quick disclaimer that the opinions expressed on this podcast are always my own and do not reflect the opinions of PlayUp USA, PlayUp Limited, or any of its subsidiaries. Before we begin, earlier this week, I had the pleasure of going on the Props and Hops podcast again with my good pal and Dimer's colleague, Matt Landis. We did an awesome two-hour deep dive on Super Bowl betting, an update on sports betting legalization, so a lot of the same stuff you're going to hear on this podcast today. Uh, And then we did a special How to Win at Sports Betting segment where each of us uh, gave out our top five tips to sports bettors, new and old, uh, who want to excel in sports betting in the long term. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Matt used to do a podcast a couple of years ago, the House of Yards podcast, with the late, great David Malinsky, who I personally consider to be the greatest sports handicapper of all time. And long-term Doggy Juice Pod listeners know who he is, but uh, Dave was one of the inspirations for this very podcast itself. So it goes without saying that Matt knows what he's talking about when it comes to macro sports betting strategy. And if you have not added props and hops to your regular listening rotation quite yet, you've been missing out because Matt has been cashing tickets left and right, taking advantage of continual market mispricings with his shortest touchdown under one and a half yard prop. Uh, in higher total games in the NFL this season and select games. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And also, you know, Matt is, he's a beer expert himself. So you should listen and uh, listen and hear his takes on beer as well. And it was fun chatting with him this week. We took a, an early look at some Super Bowl props on top of dishing out our, our better, our betting philosophies. So you should definitely check that out. Give it a listen. Matt is releasing our chat in in two parts in podcast form. The first one was today on Thursday, and the second one is coming out on Friday this week. But the entire discussion is also up on YouTube if you want to see both of our mugs as we dive into how to win at sports betting. Oh, yeah! This episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast will be shorter than most. It's going to focus mainly on sports betting legalization updates. So if you're looking for more sports betting-specific talk and actual actionable advice, Uh, then check out that interview on Props and Hops and follow the Props and Hops podcast wherever you listen to your pods. And I'll be bringing on Matt on this podcast next week to break down Super Bowl 55 and dish out a few of our favorite prop plays for the big game. So be on the lookout for that as well. All right, let's dive in. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. 
The Wire Act. There was a big decision in the First Circuit Court of Appeals last week, um, essentially ruling that the Wire Act still only applies to sports betting. Um, For a little bit of background there, there was a 2011 opinion uh, from the Department of Justice that clarified that sports betting uh, was the only thing that the Wire Act touched. And the Wire Act is is a law that was written in the early 1960s that essentially is the reason why we cannot uh, bet interstate, is we can't make a bet uh, with a Texas operator, or can't make a bet with a, better, with a Texas operator anywhere. That's a bad example. Can't make a bet with a Nevada operator from a state outside of Nevada. Obviously, when it comes to sports betting, that's because of the Wire Act. And then there was a, a lot of confusion in 2018. There was an opinion that came out from the Department of Justice and the Trump administration essentially saying that the Wire Act didn't only apply to sports betting, but to other things. So obviously people in the poker community, people and and state lotteries, they freaked out about this. And the New Hampshire State Lottery, they joined um, uh, other states in in fighting this through the courts and the legal system. And uh, there was an opinion um, released by the the district court. And then, of course, this was appealed to the First Circuit Court of Appeals. And the ruling finally came down last week. And it was a big happy ruling for people in the gaming industry, um, keeping the status quo. So it's, we're not going to see any changes because of this, but essentially the state lotteries wanted clarity on this as they proceed moving forward. So uh, that 2018 opinion by the Department of Justice is no longer a worry. We're back to the status quo. No more uncertainty. It ends that uncertainty and all the trepidation following that 2018 opinion. And it was a really big win for, for poker more than anything else. So interstate compacts now allow the pooling of players in poker, so you don't have to worry about uh, any wire act concerns on that front. And it's really just, it, like I said, it's keeping things the same, but it's a good sign moving forward because I think it's opening up the day where one day soon we could see the Wire Act revisited. I think personally that it was a law that was written at a time where they could not contemplate um, what things would look like in 2021 and in this decade where obviously everybody's betting on their phones and Gen Z doesn't want to get up off the couch and, and see anybody. Everyone wants to do everything from their phones and and the the same worries that were in place in the 1960s, the reasons for the Wire Act, um, a lot of those are not really in play as much today, especially with the ability to uh, to monitor um, illegal activity and with anti-money laundering concerns. So I would personally love to see it revisited just because it would open up the door for interstate compacts for sports betting and betting exchanges, which can flourish and be better for us sports bettors because we'll see more competition and more liquidity, which will mean... Um, that we'll probably see less VIG on, on the bets we're looking at. It would be really nice to, to bet an NFL game or college football game laying, you know, minus 105 regularly in, in an exchange or even less, you know, like minus 103 in, in an exchange as opposed to, you know, the standard minus 110. So the Wire Act definitely is something to watch moving forward. I think this case itself is one that's that's just we're not going to see uh, move up to the Supreme Court now just because by all signs it looks like the Biden administration um, – uh, if anything, they're going to be more friendly uh, when it comes to uh, sports betting expansion, legalization on a state-by-state basis, and also with the Wire Act as well. So it's, I think it's it's a good sign of things. You know, not not trying to get political here by any means. Just the fact of the matter is that 2018 opinion objectively came down during the Trump administ- administration, and and now the 2011 opinion is back in place. That was obviously during when Biden was vice president. Now you have. Um, you have a new administration in place now, so I think it's unlikely that we're going to see this case get uh, brought to the Supreme Court or appealed to the Supreme Court. Um, but we could see a case in the future deal with the Wire Act, and I think this opens up the door, at least keeps the door open 
for that possibility down the line. In terms of legal sports betting, though, on a state-by-state basis, it's now up and running in 21 jurisdictions by my count with more on the way. And the big news last week was out of Michigan. Uh, I said on the podcast last week that Michigan was going to launch mobile wagering on Friday, and that's what happened. And Michigan is a big market to watch moving forward. It was very exciting the first day of, of mobile sports betting, and people can um, register and join sports books from the comfort of home, not have to worry about braving it during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic to go in person and have to register at a bunch of different books and have to you know go through that whole rigmarole. Now it's you know just do it from your couch. And states that have that set up are are reaping the benefits, as you could tell from the monthly handle figures. Uh, a state like Iowa, which had a year and a half long in person registration requirement, uh, that requirement. That uh, one-and-a-half-year period ended on January 1st this year, so my Iowa listeners can register from the comfort of their couch instead of having to physically go in uh, during this pandemic. So look out for Iowa numbers to make a big jump moving forward, especially with added interest in the Hawkeye basketball team and and obviously with the Super Bowl and March Madness on the horizon as well. And Michigan's definitely a state to watch moving forward uh, with their current setup as well because sports betting has been going on in Michigan. They launched at the beginning of last year, but due to the pandemic and among other reasons as well, they weren't able to get the rules in place to allow mobile betting. A state like Illinois, where I'm at here in Chicago, we had that year and a half long in-person registration requirement. But as you all know from listening to this podcast, uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker issued his executive orders uh, during the pandemic, which lifted that in-person registration requirement, completely shifted the the way the sports betting industry looks here in Illinois. It would have been um, let's we'll put it this way: the numbers would not have been as good if people had to go in and physically register. So it was a good thing for Illinois taxpayers, and it was a good thing for us sports bettors that we were able to have that lifted. And I think other states looking to have a you know an in-person registration requirement moving forward are just going to get stuck in the weeds. They're going to end up hamstringing themselves from realizing their full potential. So definitely, states should take notice. You know, the states that are doing this right and and not having encumbrances and, and restrictions on the on on our ability to register and fund sportsbook accounts. I think uh, they're doing themselves a service by by taking away all of those obstacles from us. So exciting news out of Michigan, Iowa, as of January 1st. Shout out to my Iowa listeners. I know there's plenty of you because I went to college out there at the University of Iowa. Um, Hawkeye basketball team, best, uh, best offense in terms of offensive efficiency in the country right now, according to Kempom but that's another thing. Uh, Yeah, so exciting things in Iowa, exciting things in Michigan. Virginia went live last week as well. I touched on that, but they went live with mobile. Came out of seemingly nowhere, but we're seeing multiple operators in that state as well. So a lot of movement in different states so far to start out 2021. And a big update on New York. I know I've touched on it in previous podcasts, but the big news the other week was Governor Cuomo reversing his course on mobile sports betting in New York, just like in, in Michigan. It was, you can bet physically at at, um, at brick-and-mortar retail locations. You can still do that, but there's no casinos nearby New York City where you can do so. So obviously everybody in New York City is uh, heading over to New Jersey like they have been since 2018 to get their bets in. And I know plenty of people that do this, and, and it's got to suck for New Yorkers just to think that all that money is going across uh, state lines and it's being spent in New Jersey and padding the New Jersey um, taxpayers and, and they're going to have extra money to deal with now obviously the new jersey uh, on, on their budgets in new york city on its and its own is you know it's facing an impending you know 1970s style financial crisis i think after the covid-19 pandemic a lot of people leaving the city and there's that need now for 
additional uh, forms of state revenue and Cuomo reversed course and said that, you know, he's going to look now to, and he actually explicitly said in a speech at the beginning of the year um, that he's going to be looking for mobile sports betting in, in New York state. And he's been the big hurdle in New York state for getting this done. But then of course, Cuomo, and I, I did touch on this in, re- in recent episodes in the same breath when he said that, Hey, we want to, look to bring in mobile sports betting here in New York City, which is obviously going to be a huge deal. It's the biggest city in the country, obviously. And, uh, and of course, in the same breath, he had to say, well, we're going to go about it a different way. And they're tr- What he wants to do, uh, Cuomo, is emulate the New Hampshire style where you award um, sport, the rights to offer sports betting to one operator. You do a bidding process and one operator will handle everything. That's how the new New Hampshire system currently works and a few other states, you know, that allow the monopoly to run sports betting, uh, sorry, sorry, the the state lottery to run sports betting, effectively creating a monopoly where only one company is running sports betting. That's no bueno. Uh, And we've already seen that happening in jurisdictions that are offering that when you have one operator that's in charge of everything in a monopoly, they can offer whatever line they want and betters have to accept that line and make a bet or they take their business elsewhere. And a lot of bettors are wisening up, and especially as sports betting continues to expand, uh, bettors are wisening up, and and they're not bringing their business to those books. They're keeping their business offshore or in black markets with their corner bookie, and it's keeping money away from state revenue, uh, coming in in the form of state revenue in form of, of gaming taxes. So those states are shooting themselves in the foot. Cuomo, his rhetoric is he doesn't want to make the casinos rich or more rich for, through this. But in reality, he's really missing out on some key points here. First of all, uh, the licensing fees, which can be very high in New York City. If you have more operators in the state, you're able to get more in licensing fees on a yearly basis, especially initial startup licensing fees. That's going to be a very competitive market, obviously, given the, the sheer size of New York City. So that's, you know, rewarding that to just one entity is going to limit your potential when you can offer it to an unlimited amount or, you know, reasonably limited amount of operators, uh, then you're going to get more money in that form, but also creates a more uh, competitive and open market that fosters competitive pricing, innovation, new technology, so it's better for bettors, keeps more people betting in regulated legal markets, not taking their business offshore and in the black market. And I could even see a situation easily where people are still going to continue driving into uh, New Jersey if they only have one book that they can bet in in New York City. So the money's still going to be going across state lines if Cuomo gets his way here. So I also think he should be taking a look at states that have already been trying to do this. And you look at you know a state like Oregon, or you look at Washington D.C. or Montana, jurisdictions where you know the lottery is running things and just one entity is offering sports betting. Learn from their mistakes. Look at their poor numbers, and especially Oregon, where where the governor's reversed course in that state, and she's actually supporting uh, legislation now. The rest the uh, which I read recently that uh, that's going to change the existing system there. So she's supporting that legislation to bring in more operators and change uh, what they've been doing because I think she realizes that what they've been doing is a mistake. And Cuomo, I think, is is it's a terrible long-term view for New York the way he's looking at it. He needs to get educated on this, and I'm hopeful myself that common ground can be found here. Um, there's certainly lobbying going on from casinos and from other people who want to see this done the right way. So. 
it's going to be an interesting thing to watch moving forward. I think the desperation uh, for New York to bring in additional revenue um, right now facing the financial crisis in New York City, I think that's going to light a fire under them. So I'm hopeful that they're going to get this right, but only time will tell. And as always, the Doggy Juice Pod is your home for the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization. And we will have a lot of news coming in on that front in the weeks and months to come. All right, let's close out the pod with a quick look at Super Bowl 55. Hello! The matchup is set, and the Chiefs and the Bucks are set to compete for that Lombardi trophy. The early line, the Chiefs are laying three points with added vig. It looks like minus three, minus 115. I'm seeing minus three, minus 120. Money line is consensus minus 175 on the Chiefs, plus 145 on the take back with the Buccaneers. The total consensus 56, 56 and a half, depending on where you shop. And a quick reminder, I've touched on this in recent podcasts, you definitely want to be shopping around. And that comes with anything in sports betting, but including if you're looking to get involved in the Super Bowl, there's so many outs, um, so many different legal regulated sports books that you can get involved with here and shop around and find the best price. But when you're looking to bet, uh, if you're looking to lay it with the Chiefs, lay the three. If you're looking to take it with the Bucks, take the three and a half. But at the same time, you need to understand the value of each respective point and, and how much uh, VIG is, each point is worth. And the rule of thumb that you should be using is moving on and off a three in a typical NFL game. Uh, in a typical NFL game now, the average total is around 50. It's gone up maybe a, a tad under. Uh, in this game, obviously, with a total of 56, 56 and a half, it's going to change the equation a little bit. But the rule of thumb is moving on and off the three in the NFL, because it's the most commonly landed on number, is worth 20 cents. So that's a situation where if you're laying three at minus 115, but then you're offered minus three and a half, and you're getting plus 110, it's actually worth your while to lay the three and a half because that's a 25 cent difference. And we're looking at a 20 cent value roughly. It's a little less, like 19 cents um, moving on and off the three. That's just your standard on a standard NFL game. It's obviously a little bit more nuanced, but that's something to keep in mind. So it's not as simple as saying, oh yeah, I took the three and a half with the Bucks. That sucks that you only took three, but you're taking plus three and a half at minus 125 when your buddy took it at plus three and a half, or sorry, plus three at even money. And in reality, your buddy taking the plus three has a better bet. So be careful when you when you hear people talking like that. Hey, oh yeah, I got three and a half. You only got three. You have to also understand what vig they're laying because that changes the equation entirely. So it's not as simple as just you know buying a point just to say, oh yeah, I got them at plus ten or I got them at plus fifteen. When you bought points to get there, you're spending money. You're, you're effectively paying for it in the form of added vig. So rule of thumb to move forward if you're you know looking to lay it with the Chiefs. Obviously, you want to get that three, but you don't want to be paying for it. And just remember, it's worth roughly 20 cents, a little bit less. In terms of the way my numbers make this game, I, it's a tight one, but I do show slight value on the Bucks, especially if you can catch a three in the hook because I have the Chiefs power rated just a tick over two points better. Still doing some adjusting, but adjusting for familiarity, playing at the, their home field makes the Bucks close to a value play for me on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I do have Bucks futures at 50 to 1 and 40 to 1 from preseason, so sitting pretty with that, but this is a separate betting event. I was you know, I never hedge. I mean, we talked about hedging on last week's episode. Um, never blindly hedge and always be aware of the fact that you are sacrificing EV uh, whenever you're hedging most likely. So 
only hedge really when in a vacuum that bet on its own is plus EV or if the money is life-changing to the point where, you know, and that's different for every other person, uh, but to the point where, you know, you just can't justify not hedging. So uh, different strokes for different folks on that one. And for me, myself, I'll probably just be sitting with my ticket cheering on the bucks. Uh, but I do have, I do show slight value right now on the bucks, especially if you can catch plus three and a half. And especially if you can get that at minus minus one ten at some point and the dimers bot over at the quick pick section at dimers.com agrees showing very nice value on the bucks catching plus three at plus one ten, over a 10% edge to be exact, the dimers bot. And if you're looking to bet the bucks on the money line, I would be looking to do so sooner rather than later. And the opposite for the Chiefs on the money line, this is a concept I've talked about on previous years on the Super Bowl. I know before last year I talked about it and the year before as well. But the money line favorite phenomenon in Super Bowls and in other big betting events like this where there's just enormous liquidity. So the Super Bowl is the perfect example of this where Joe Public, everybody wants to bet on this game, obviously, and public bettors uh, normally don't want to lay, you know, 175 bucks to win 100. They'd much rather uh, bet 100 to win 175. So people, you know, public bettors looking to bet the Chiefs are more likely to lay the points instead of laying the money line, minus 175. And likewise, the flip side, they want the bigger payout. So a lot of a lot of underdog money line money um, on the dog on Super Bowls, which in turn drives the money line down or tends to on the underdog and in a, in a way that's disproportionate to the point spread. And if you want a nice converter, I've mentioned this in the past, but the spread money line converter at SBR, you can just Google spread money line converter, but Sportsbook Review does a really nice uh, conversion tool and you can put in, uh, depending on the sport, make sure you're putting in the right sport, but you can put in the point spread and it'll give you a rough conversion of what the money line should be based off that point spread. And as the game time approaches, do not be surprised at all if we see the, especially at more square bucks where there's more public money, more uh, square money coming in on the underdog, that it opens up disproportionate value on the favorite on the money line. So to that end, you're best off waiting on the Chiefs on the money line until right before kickoff. But if you're looking to get involved, the Bucks um, at plus 150 or better, I would be. I'd be looking to do so soon. I see some spots at plus 155 right now as I'm recording this, so it's definitely still there. And I, dare I say, there's a little bit of value on that play as well. Uh, so something to keep in mind from a, just a st- strategic standpoint. In terms of props, some props are already up, but the full menu of Super Bowl props are usually released uh, early to midweek next week. So be on the lookout for that. There's some market makers in that regard that set, you know, they'll be the first to to the market to release and they get hammered out by sharps, usually smaller limits. I know at the Westgate, their rule is they, you know, they allow you to bet two or three props um, when you go in physically to bet the props once they post them and then add a limit and then you have to go to the back of the line (laughs) so they can hammer out and sharpen out uh, the numbers. But there are opportunities for sure when books post props um, at the beginning slash mid next week. So it's a situation where you definitely want to be early to it if you have some plays that you're looking to get involved on. And I, I talked about this on Matt Landis's podcast on, on props and hops this week, but the best bet for you when you're looking to bet props is handicap the full game first. Figure out how you think the game flow is going to look and handicap the full game and then look to bet your props from that full game handicap. But also don't overextend yourself. And that's something we talked about uh, in more detail on 
props and hops this week, so be sure to check that out. But some props are already up. More will be popping. There's going to be plenty of arbitrage opportunities, especially uh, for those that have the capital to you know bet both sides of the same prop. And with more legal regulated sports books now more than ever, there's plenty of opportunities to shop around for the best price. Take advantage of arb opportunities, and really, you know, you could have some big middles on this stuff. You know, like uh, someone's rushing yards over. A 62 and then an under 75 you know there's nothing better than just rooting for numbers to fall with you know minimal vig involved uh, so be sure to shop especially with more legal regulated books at your disposal now more than ever and no doubt we're going to see record-breaking super bowl handle on this game uh, we're going to shatter the records just for the simple fact that we have more legal regulated betting options at our disposal here in the united states yes sir yes sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. I'll be back next week with Matt Landis on the pod to break down Chiefs Bucks and talk Super Bowl props. And if you enjoyed listening to this, then please rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. It doesn't take that long at all. It really helps get the pod out to more people who can benefit from it. Anything that helps spread the word it just takes 30 seconds, so it would mean the world to me if you could pay it forward by doing that. And if you have not entered yet in any of the previous weeks, you could have been leaving money on the table, but the good news is you're going to have a chance to fix that on Super Bowl Sunday by signing up for and playing in the Dimers NFL Sweet Six free-to-play competition brought to you by the Doggy Juice Podcast. It's completely free-to-play, 100% risk-free, easy to sign up, and it's really easy to make your picks. All you have to do for the Sweet Six is answer six questions. If you answer all six correctly, you win $1,000. That's it. Just go to freetoplay.dimers.com, sign up, answer the six questions, answer all six correctly, and take home the $1,000. Uh, some changes to the pod coming forward uh, with the timing after football season ends. I've been saying that for a few weeks now, but uh, really after football season, I think I'm going to be uh, trying to release more evergreen content with more interviews coming up and might be shifting around the scheduling of the podcast as well. And I'm planning to sit down with the good lads and our good pals over at the Top Class Finish Soccer Podcast after the Super Bowl to break down the Champions League across the pond. Uh, it's been a while since I've had uh, those guys on the pod, so I'm looking forward to that. But that's it. That'll do it, everyone. Good luck with your action this weekend. Enjoy the games. Maybe do something special for your uh, significant other this Sunday since it's the first Sunday without NFL football since early September. Uh, just a good idea. Put that time in. Just saying. All right, I'll talk to you all next week. Good luck. Talk to you soon. Doggy Juice out. <laughs>